Oh, that's enough. Hey, listen. Can you give me a lift to your place? There's a subway station right near there. All right, but you drive. Okay. What are you going to do with that close-up, the rat? No, I don't know. Maybe I won't use it. And then maybe I'll show it next to a photo of some big industrialist, huh? You think they'll let it pass through on... Mm-mm. No. But I can still show it on a closed circuit, can't I? In other words, instead of showing it to a middle-class audience of 10 million, you'll show it to 10,000 intellectuals. And not in the service of ecology, but in the service of your own vanity. If you don't use the means that the system provides, what other possibilities have you got? Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> and who starts it? The union does, right? Or intellectuals, writers, or movie directors. <laughs> You're talking about me, aren't you? Hell, I'm only the little guy. Today, I shot a service on ecology. And tomorrow, I start a series of soap commercials. You're nothing but an old whore. That's true. And who isn't? We're all whores of various species. The only difference is that I'm a whore and admit it. While the majority are whores, but play at being saints. Believe me, Val, it's all a big farce. A game. And contradiction is the number one rule. Look, in some cases, contradiction is the only hope for salvation. <laughs> You're right. And who should know that better than you? Because to be frank, Val, you are a complete contradiction. You know that. How so, for instance? How so? Pretty soon I'll be getting dropped off near your place. And if you were consistent with your nature, you'd invite me up for a drink. Oh, all right. Come on up. The following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. <laughs> they must be destroyed on sight! Right, we're back. It's They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 168. And I'm your host, Lee. I'll come, definitely, Russell. Uh, joined by my co-host, Daniel. The eye that freezes reality, Harper. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. The all-seeing eye. And we're joined by Paul. While I was in jail, I was raped by a dwarf Ramali. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> Not just once, but twice. I'm doing Ooh. okay. So, so twice by the dwarf, so that makes up well, for a regular. The, the, I shouldn't at, even go there. At first, yeah, no. I, at first it was forced, the second I love doing. He's a cute little guy, you know. <laughs> he grows on you. Uh, so tonight we're going to be looking into some more Italian cinema. We're going to be looking at the uh, sex exploitation and horror mix of Baba Yaga from 1973. And uh, this was one that your uh, wife suggested we do like a w- long while back. Isn't that right, Daniel? I believe she gave us an article on it or something like that. Uh, it's possible. She had no memory of it. I mean, I just put in... Uh, it turns out this one is on uh, Amazon Prime, so I just uh, watched it that way. Okay. And uh, she's like, oh, is this called Baba Yaga? You know the Baba Yaga myth, right? So it's a, you know, it's like a Russian-Jewish myth, and so she was very That's, much on yeah. the 
you know. Yeah. So, well, that's, so that's what she I would have. She probably for. would have seen it and then seen the like article and then sent it to me and been like, "Oh, you guys should do this," without yeah. having any intention of seeing the film herself. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. So I don't. Although I she don't... did enjoy the film, uh, watching it with me, she watched it with me uh, oh, last okay. night, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that's that was pretty good." That's exactly how you lured me in. I was like, oh, the Slavic Mick of Baba Yaga, the witch from the woods with like kind of like chicken legs that rise the more pestle and all that. I'm like, I'm totally in. And I was like, oh, never mind. Shit. Oh, fuck. Yeah. For, for people who, who don't are not familiar with the Baba Yaga legend, it's basically a supernatural being from Slavic folklore that's usually depicted as like a, a witch or a hag-like being who dwells in the forest in a hut with chicken legs and flies like a mortar and pistol and pestle. Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of like ambiguously, like she's not necessarily evil or good. She's just like this ambiguous character in all these Slavic folklore. Yeah. She things. helps some and, and hurts others and shit. It's kind of yeah. interesting. This movie has nothing to do with that. It just takes yeah. the name. So. You completely fucked me. You completely fucked me. Okay. Oh, well, there, there's a there's a version of the Baba Yaga myth in the uh, Miyazaki film Spirited Away, actually. Oh, really? If you've, uh, yeah, no, there's a character called Baba Yaga who, you know, kind of has similar characteristics. Not not necessarily going on what's in this film, but uh, you know. <laughs> no 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 lesbian no 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 but before we get into that, uh, we do have a few comments. We have two YouTube comments this time out. I am pumped. I'm so ready for this. <laughs> so on our Iron Eagle franchise, uh, we got another hit on the <laughs> Iron Eagle one <laughs> from someone called uh, Ben Alterowitz. He wrote simply, fake. So uh, I'm assuming clearly, he's saying clickbait. Clearly referring to uh, the shaking of Lewis Gottes Jr.'s ass. Not being authentic enough. I think that's he had, what a, stunt, he had a stunt ass. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis Gossick Jr. The conspiracy goes all the way down on this one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he lied to us all the all this yeah. time. No, that's my interpretation. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to your own theories there, Ben, and you can just shove it up your ass too. Because <laughs> fuck you. Now we had one on our Bad Day at Blackrock episode. And this one's interesting. This is from someone who goes by the moniker of Sam Houston. I doubt it's his real fucking name. He says, all this BS for one dead Japanese. America killed almost 200,000 innocent civilians in the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What's all the fuss about? I think kind of the movie kind of addresses what all the fuss is about. How, you know, Sturges made a movie in that time where you couldn't, like, just openly say, yeah, we killed a bunch of Japanese people. We have to just show maybe one Japanese person. Yeah, it's it's almost as if the film is kind of making that point by emphasizing the death of one. Yeah. Maybe. Almost. Almost as if there might be some thematic resonance going on here. Like, you, did, no. have, you ever, have you ever watched a film in your life, Sam, where maybe something a little deeper below the surface is going on? You know, you addle brain fucking moron. <laughs> Perhaps, you know, like also, also, you know, like, like, as if like one guy, one dead guy is not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, one dead guy ain't worth a shit, right? Yeah. yeah you know, why, why care about this one guy when, you know, like all those people are dying everywhere else? Yeah. You could say that about any, any death, really. Yeah. You know whatever uh fuck you sam fuck you ben thanks for l- listening to however how much you listened who, who, who knows whatever 
We do have uh, the rec- recommendation of the week from Jeff Williams on the Facebook page. And this time out, it's The Sinister Monk from 1965. This is a German crimey film or maybe crimmy film. I don't, not quite sure. Uh, everything you could want from the subgenre, including a mysterious whip wielding monk, private schoolgirls in peril, an innocent hieress, a group of greedy villains, incompetent Scotland Yard detectives, and an effete love struck butler. A good introductory entry for noobs. The film is highlighted technically by some sharp lighting and cinematography, plus a bombastic score by frequent crimmy composer Peter Thomas. Okay, I have to look into this genre because I'm not familiar with it at all. So yeah, I, I like I like that he uh, emphasizes. You know, this is a good one for noobs like you guys. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, like, no, you, yeah, that makes like sense. yeah, like yeah. You, you fucking amateurs. I've <laughs> definitely seen this film a long time ago. Have you? Okay. Yes, I have. Yeah, Was it good? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, good. I I, I can't remember too much. Well, I was probably drunk. But yeah, the Sinister Monk, I did the same thing with the Sinister Dwarf. I did the same thing with the fucking... Me just finding fucking depraved fucking film flesh I was always into. So I've definitely seen this film. And it's criny shit. It's good stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, That's one where I'm definitely looking to them. I'm going to try to buy it, though. I'll try to see if I can find it when we're going to do it on our podcast. I'll try to see if I can buy a copy of it. I can show you the artwork and shit. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a little bit of music and some podcast promos, and we're going to come back and talk about Baba Yaga. You go through your week with the same old routine. What you really want is some blood and thunder in your life. Well, friend, you found it. The Chromecast is an adventurous journey through the history of two-fisted pulp stories with your hosts, John, Josh, and Luke. We have action, horror, and adventure, all through the lens of pulp luminary Robert E. Howard. Don't just stay in your ordinary life. Find your pulp life at thecromcast.blogspot.com. The Chromecast. The Chromecast. The Chromecast. A podcast for the barbarian at heart. place. My name is Gary and I am your guide to Cinnamon Beef Podcast. Every episode we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder.
Okay, Baba Yaga from 1973. No. Do you always work with this? Yes. That's the eye. The eye that freezes reality. Because it's mad, that's all. Because we're living in the 20th century. We're, we're putting men on the moon. You don't understand anything. There's something different about Baba Yaga. It's as if she came from some other world. A world subject to other forces. Her eyes are so strange. Witches don't exist. Listen, you're being a bit too naive. Don't forget my name. My name is Baba Yaga. a.k.a. Kiss Me, Kill Me, Baba Yaga, Devil Witch, and The Devil Witch, directed by uh, Corrado Farina, who only directed one other film. I guess he did a lot of documentaries, but he only did one other sort of feature film. He did a lot of commercials, and uh, he's a, he was a novelist, too, apparently. And he's actually in this film, too, as the, uh, the Nazi and the Prussian general kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, written by Corrado Farina. Guido Crepax, who is the source material for this, and I'll just I'll just briefly get into that. This is basically a film adaptation of a Italian comic strip called uh, Valentina. And so our main character, Valentina, of course, it was created in 65 by uh, Crepax and concluded in 1996. Very long-running... Uh... And these are Italian comics. They're not like the... Hey, we got to follow the comics code stuff that you would see over here overseas. This, these are full of like sex and murder. I would assume and, that the stuff well, that we see in the film is similar to the content. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. the they have comic, little yeah. laugh at in Italy, so they have to do what they can. <laughs> well, apparently, this this, this uh, series started out as a superhero series, 
where the uh, where her boyfriend was the main character, although he didn't show up in this movie. It was I was like some... say, there was there's all bitches in this fucking comedy, so I don't know where the boyfriend would be. <laughs> Apparently, as it got more popular, she became the main character in the series, and and the uh, boyfriend became a side character. And she would like encounter supernatural stuff and sci-fi shit, and it became increasingly more erotic as the series went on. Apparently, so Ooh. there was there was even a TV series uh, that was produced in the I think the 1990s for this as well in Italy. So that'd be that'd be interesting to watch too. Mm. <laughs> apparently, the filmmaker. I was just looking it up on Wikipedia here. The filmmaker uh, who made this film also made a documentary about uh, the comic book, or the comic, and that's where the idea to do this film came from. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Kiss Me, Kill Me, but I've never heard of Baba Yaga before. So, like, I, I feel that Kiss Me, Kill Me would probably be a little bit more closer to, like, the actual subject of the film. Well, I actually think the the comic book that the issues that this is pulling from actually was called Baba Yaga. Okay. Right. But um, but I think I think you know the character is slightly even more closer to probably Bobby Yaga in the actual comic books. But okay, um, cool. also Kinda written like the Dylan Dog thing with Cemetery Man. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, also written by Julio uh, Baruti and Francois de Lanarin, starring Carol Baker, who is in everything from like Giant with Rock Hudson and uh, <laughs> uh, what what's his name there, a uh, young actor who died, James uh, Dean. James Dean, yeah, thank you, and everything from that to Kindergarten Cop, she's been in long. Yeah, career. she was she was the mom. She was not she was the mom of the bad guy in Kindergarten Cop. Uh-huh. So remember the like dark haired Euro trash guy in your in in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, and then he's hanging out with his mom. That's I her. Got, I got really really sweaty once at work after I saved the sides of my head, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I looked like a trash asshole from fucking Kindergarten Cop. What the fuck's that about? <laughs> and I was, I had to fucking oh. fix my hair and shit. I was like, Jesus, I look like him in the rain. What the fuck, man? Oh, man. <laughs> I had a moment. I did have a kindergarten cop moment at work, and yeah. I did not feel happy about it. <laughs> also, also, this does give us the excuse to do the obvious pairing of Giant with Kindergarten Cop. So, you know. There you go. I guess. It, it was worth it. Let's just say that. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> oh, no, um, uh, so Carol Baker as the titular Baba Yaga, uh, the, titular the, in tit, tit, quotes titular. there. Yeah. <laughs> Isabel de Funes as Valentina Rosselli, George Eastman, the uh, well-traveled George Eastman, who's been in everything and done everything in the business. Uh, you may also know him as uh, Luigi Montefiore as well, his his, his real name. Um, as, the the most tame George Eastman you'll ever see. Mm. And uh, connection here to uh, last episode, he actually wrote Stage Fright. So there you go. Oh, oh. really? I, I did not know that. Yeah. So he's as he's Arno Treves. I, I assume this is Ellie Galliani as Annette the Doll, Angela Covello as Tony, Daniela Balzadretti as Romina, and Sergio Massieri as. Sandro. And we do have a synopsis here I pulled from IMDb from someone called Eugene Kim. Strange things have been happening to Valentina, a young and beautiful professional photographer, ever since she made the acquaintance of Baba Yaga, a mysterious older woman who gave her a lift home late one night. For one thing, Valentina has been having weird, kinky nightmares. For another, one of Valentina's cameras seems to have acquired a deadly curse. And then there's that visit to Baba Yaga's house where Valentina discovers bizarre relics, including a dominatrix doll and a bottomless pit in the living room. 
Valentina comes to realize that Babiaga is a witch who is out to possess her body and soul. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a, yeah. accurate. Paul, this is first time watch for you, I assume. What's your sort of general thoughts on this one? Wow, this was long and boring. Was it? Yeah, yeah it really was. Don't get me wrong here. I expected Baba Yaga, folklore, mortar and pestle, flying, crazy-ass witch with fucking chicken legs shit. I was like, yeah. And then it turned into a reenactment of the colonialization of Americas, and then it went into this whole other thing, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? But it is definitely a, a it's an Italian modern-day concept of the old Gothic horror, I would say. It's that mm-hmm. kind of uh, spiritualized, like, sorcery, witchcraft kind of concept. A little bit drawn out, a little bit long. The Valentina character seems a little bit batwit crazy the whole time. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, you, you can come to this a little bit quicker, guys. But this is, you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit of that going on there. I think the, the film's a little bit longer than it should be. But it's okay overall. Uh, a lot of tits. Should more bush. I would have more. I, I think the tits to bush ratio is a little bit low, but you know that's just me. I don't know. Low? I, the tits I, to bush ratio is low. Yeah, so yeah. You want more tits or less bush? I need more bush to the tit ratio. So he wants so, more so, of a he wants more of a Franco film. Is, is yeah, give me more Franco in this. One. I I want a little bit more <clears throat> Lena Romay action going on. Go, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, it's a good film. Don't get me wrong. Overall, I had something to say before he ca- he caught me with the tits to bush ratio comment. I, I did have something to say, but like it just balanced it out there a little bit. The Valentina, I will go back to that. Valentina just seemed a little bit too much awestruck the whole time. Possessed, maybe, she was trying to be. Mm-hmm. But just seemed kind of dumb through the whole film. Kind of dumb. I don't know. Like, just like, oh, oh my God. Oh, oh. I don't know. I, I, if, if that was supposed to be like possessed, awestruck, I didn't really get that through the film. It just didn't translate to me. I'm just a dickhead, though. So, you know, hey, you have to take that into consideration, too. But, uh, yeah, the film kind of... I, nobody really was an integral part of the film except for the bad guy. The bad guy basically pulled all these people through the whole plot line to kill herself. I mean, she did the most work. I think if you really look at the plot line, if you really look at the story and you really look at what happened in the plot line, the bad guy did the most work to pull all these minuscule characters through the whole film to finish the film. If you know what I mean? Like, so it, it was a, it was a long burn. I got what I wanted at the end. I didn't get a lot of exp- explanations, but at the same time, it was a good film. I got a fucking sex doll that I'd paid lots of money for. Lots. <laughs> lots of fucking money for. So, anyway, it's, it is what it is. I, it's a good film, but there you go. That's my, my 100% uh, first look at this film. Awesome. Uh, Daniel? Uh, first time watch for me. Uh, I really liked this. I mean, I, I get the sort of, I don't know, this didn't feel too long to me. Maybe I was just kind of more interested in the, uh, the setting, the uh, kind of thin modern Italian setting more yeah. so than, than Paul was. There is a um, lot of art in this film though. A there's lot. a lot of art. There's a lot of, I mean, it's very much set in this kind of like, not really like hippie commune. I mean, definitely, but like, sort of this, there's a, they're kind of, they're all like artists and photographers and, you know, they're, 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 it's kind of about this scene, and it's um, part of what we're seeing is this sort of interaction between what was then a kind of very kind of hip modern aesthetic with something that's, that's kind of older and more elemental. 
Um, and I think that that's kind of what one of the things that's going on with uh, the kind of like um, the lure of uh, Baba Yaga to uh, Valentina. I think that's part of what we're seeing is this kind of allure of the thing that isn't plastic and modern. And, and, you know, certainly the, uh, the conversations, these are all people with uh, sort of a political ideals, you know, these people kind of, you know, they, they kind of talk about, you know, kind of what's in the news and kind of what's, what's going on. And, and yet they're all very disconnected from that as well. I mean, it does seem to be something just kind of a, a game that they're all playing. You know, I agree that Valentina's a little bit maybe underwritten. I think the performance is fine. I don't, I just think that it's just, you know, I don't know. A lot of these films kind of have the issue of, you know, like, why, why are we sitting here and watching this happen for 90 minutes? You know, like, (laughs) it's amazing that someone who's a fan of horror, uh, you know, like, like Paul is, we go, yeah, come on, where's the, where's the meat in this? I'm like, I've watched things that are way more boring than this and given them, given them a pass. One thing that I would like to highlight here uh, just at the beginning is that uh, it's a beautiful film. I really love the cinematography. Mm -hmm. I think it's just gorgeously, gorgeously shot. It's one of the best looking films I think I'm going to see this year. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's definitely on my top 10 list, but it, it, it could be. I mean, kind of depending on, on what we see. I like the sexiness of it. I like that it's kind of understated in some of it. Um, I like the kind of themes of lesbianism and <laughs> bisexuality yeah. and, you know, the yeah. sort of predatory stuff. I like the uh, the golem myth. Um, I like the fantasy kind of dream sequences and the fact that the magic and it starts to infect the real world in some some kind of interesting ways. And I don't know, the film uh, just it, it worked for me. It held my interest. So I completely agree with at the same time, the sex and the artistic attributes in this film is probably one of the things that keeps a person driven to the end. I, I completely agree with you. One of the things I like, the fact that you said, like, people are doing stuff as they feel is correct and stuff like that. Uh, very important. Very brief. Absolutely brief. But one of the things that hit me was when the Catholic priest was looking down at the people protesting goes, these people are doing because they think that it's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, wow, holy shit. Usually you don't hear a Catholic priest just fucking go, no, these people <laughs> are, thinking, are doing something that they think is right. So, yeah, I definitely I, I, I concur with everything that Daniel just said, too, at the same time. I like this quite a bit. There definitely is, like, underlying political stuff here that a lot of it's been actually chopped out. Doing a little reading on this and the director, after he finished his final cut of this film... He went on vacation and came back and found that they re-edited everything, the producers, because they didn't think it was going quickly enough. Like, they, they cut 20 minutes out of this film. <laughs> right. So, And apparently they cut the negative, so we'll never get to see it. It's just, it's, it's yeah. 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 So, like, the version we watched, I believe, is... Is, oh, is, is, it, a, is it one of those hashtag they cut one of those kind of deals? They? Who, who are they? I don't the know. The producers, yeah. They... The producers cut it. They they chopped it up. The the money people chopped it up. But mm-hmm. the the version we all watched is I believe the uh a rip of the uh Blue Underground, which mm-hmm. does which if if you notice when we were watching it, it does have some uh re-added scenes that they did find and, and stick in there, but in Italian language and a mm-hmm. lot of them looked like total dog shit. Like they're well, just the, like, the whole beginning is in in Italian, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so like I'm getting like this undercurrent of there, there's like this narrative of like fascist cops kind of, kind of thing going on here. Yeah. Like it, there's, there's a lot of talk of that because it's the cops who break up their little uh, photography film thing going on in the graveyard there right. in, the, in the beginning of the film. Right. And then for the most of the film, when all these murders happen, I sort of noticed you don't get any cops at all. Like there's no cops around, like the cops are out looking at the protesters and, and watching them for like, you know, signs of well, rebellion or is, something. Just, just to be clear, this is 1973. We're only like five years out from like actual violence in the street. Streets of 
you know, uh-huh. right. Italy at this yeah, point, right. you know, yeah. like, like there, there, you know, th- this was, this was an incredibly violent era in terms of, you know, just kind of like racial turmoil and political turmoil and political strife. And again, this is something that, you know, I kind of come back to a couple of times kind of talking about this stuff, you know, uh, Europe had been torn apart like 30 years earlier at this point, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that we in North America can sometimes, you know, kind of miss exactly how, you know, fresh that would have been in the minds of like everyone making this film would have had like clear memories of like aerial bombings and shit, you know? So, mm. uh, and I mean, Mussolini. So let's, yeah. let's, you know, at the same time, it's like when I, I, I mean, I don't mean to joke when I say they made it cut. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure the fascist government probably said, Hey guys, cut that! And the person says, "Okay, we'll cut it." Like that, well, that kind of shit. Like you know, you never know. Uh, well, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily know if there was like a fascist government at this time in in, in Italy. What seventy three in Italy? I, I'm not, but I mean, Italy's politics is weird. Like they got like a million political parties, and and they they switch in and out all the time. So uh, mm. I, I won't pretend to try to they, follow they, that. Like like in France and stuff, they have nudity in their fucking you know TV commercials for new cars. What the yeah. fuck are they cutting? Like like what are you? Well, cutting? well, here here's the thing. There was a lot more. Apparently, there's a lot more political talk in this. They, basically, I think what they cut was mostly conversations. Is what yeah. they basically right. cause no, they wanted to yeah. make it more of an exploitation mm-hmm. film to sell in the market. I guess is is it just me? But when you watch, because we all watch the same Google rip correctly. Uh huh. Yeah. I think it, the version that I watched on uh, Amazon was a little bit shorter because there are okay. bits that you guys are referencing and that I I don't well, think were in there. Uh, okay. Lee, Lee, is it just me? But when the first, when about five or six minutes in, when you see the first uh, infantry officer with the two swords on his head, does he not look like a work version of Snoop Dogg? Because <laughs> he totally does. Yeah. All I see, all, does. When, when I look at him, all I see is Snoop Dogg. And I was like, mm, doghouse. That's all I see. But yeah, I like this. I like Val as a character. She is a little underwritten. Like she doesn't necessarily say a lot. Like it's more about her, like just having these big doe-eyed looks, you know. Yeah, for the most that's, part. That that's the problem. Is like doe-eyed looks doesn't really convey a lot of. Well, well, here's shit. here here's the thing. The, the the thing I picked up on is this feels a lot like the Vampire Lovers to me. Like the mm-hmm. same the same relationship between Ingrid Pitt and Madeline Smith is kind of oh, okay, what's yeah. going on here in a way. Like entranced. Yeah, like I think she's instantly kind of entranced, like. She, Daniel's saying she's kind of attracted to the more real down-to-earth things that sort of surround Baba Yaga. Like, there's this old-world kind of sort of tenacity to her and, and kind of... I, I will say this, uh, in defense of, of the uh, Valentina. Do you guys remember she was ready to attack the doll and Baba Yaga called her just so she could answer the phone mm-hmm. just to get her off that mental yeah. train? So, so she like didn't fuck with her right there. Yeah. So like apparently there there is some like inner strength in Val, where she is kind of resisting, but she she's entranced by everything that sort of surrounds Bobby Yaga's world. Like she's a photographer. She's she's constantly probably looking for what's real in her art, right? And mm. she's probably not finding so much of that in sort of the like just sort of thrifty commercial pop art that she's doing. She's doing kind of like sexy photo shoots with, with like her model friends and stuff. And then when mm-hmm. she goes to Babuyaga's place, it's like she's like shooting all the like old like typewriters and all the, you know, and so yeah. there's a there's a sense of like there's just it's this kind of different kind of drive mm. kind of going on there. And you know, we get long shots of this. You know, this is this is 
is again, it's really impressively produced. It's really, you know, we, we get to see what she's looking at. We get to see, and, and I, and I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of the, her personality is being shown through like what she does versus what she says. I mean, one of the things that you kind of run into with a, a film like this is that she doesn't really have someone to like, she can't sit and like narrate to someone, you know, I'm feeling slightly uh, disquieted by this. And so you have to kind of interpret what she, well, uh, what, how, how she feels based, based on what she does and, and kind of what she sees. And this film gives us a, I think a really good view of her personality just through, you know, the way the film was shot. Well, and and here here's one of the the things I really love about this film, and it's the it's the it's the sort of still images and comic panels that are that are sort mm-hmm. of placed in here, where they substitute for flashbacks and they substitute for dreams and what the actual characters are kind of feeling in the moment. Like mm-hmm. you, you get that through the actual sort of comic panel thing and and the still shots, like when she's having dreams, especially. She sort of sees her dreams in these like still images, uh, in, in instead of uh, instead of moving images half the time, and I thought it was a neat little idea that he was working with here, you know, and it and it sort of connects it to the source material because you get the aesthetic of the comic panels or whatever too, right? I, I thought it for me that worked really well. Well, and she's a photographer, so she's mm-hmm. you know she's kind of seeing the world through frozen images in a, in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that some of the dream sequences go weird, like we get the topless boxing match, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of funny in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it actually reminded me of the, uh, the there's a Doctor Who serial called The Mind Robber. And like there's a big like chunk of it that takes, you know, the whole thing takes place in like the land of fiction or whatever. And like there's a whole like 25 minute episode, which just takes place in like featureless plane. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that that bit where, uh, you know, she kind of comes up and then like punches the thing in the face and then it, like falls over. It was just like, oh, yeah, that just it just, you know, for whatever reason, it's got that kind of surrealist uh, abstraction that kind of uh, made me think of, you know, that kind of uh, just just you know, over almost avant-garde theater sort of thing. And I, and I think, you know, again, this, this, this is set in a kind of very specific world that, you know, it, it does again, speak to the characters and kind of their, their mindset and, and kind of the, the way that even the filmmaker makes things. I mean, it's interesting that the filmmaker himself, the director was mostly known for making commercials because in the film, there's a character who's like a, somebody who's making commercials and then like, he gets like one chance to make a real movie. And then this is it. I mean, it's kind of a, I don't know. There, 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 there's, there's gotta be some kind of autobiography going on here as well. One chance to make a movie and the camera fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, let's, let's talk about that fucking commercial for a second. Uh, <laughs> this is just a sign of the times, but so there, there is a, there is a segment where an actual commercial for detergent is being filmed mm-hmm. and the depiction of the dirt quote unquote uh-huh. is a black man in a black suit who gets basically whitewashed by a white man in a white suit. Yeah, <laughs> they throw powder on him and he's gone. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, this is this is really not uncomfortable at all. Oh my god, I must have missed that because that is fucking fantastic. <laughs> it it was it was quite something. Um also also Valentina when doing her like uh erotic photo shoot with the black man and the uh white woman uh says, you know, reach out to the what something like the jungle rhythms of your ancestors. Just, you know, reach back to the savagery of your, of your tribe or something. I already put God. down comments will be held from me. <laughs> yeah, that moment. Uh, Paul Paul had a joke, but he was he was contemplating not saying. It, I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> okay. Enough, enough. Um, 
but yeah, I like all this sort of stuff. Like there's this discussion about selling your art for money as opposed to actually doing art yeah. for art's sake. There is little discussions that I feel like there was probably like 10 more minutes of these discussions in the actual final cut yeah. of the film. But no, I, I like all this stuff. I, I like the sort of ambiguity of what Baba Yaga is doing to Val. She seems to be like forcing her to kill people and maybe to collect their souls because like the dream sequences later on in the film, after she's legit killed a couple of people with her camera are basically dream sequences that show her killing the people in the dreams. Yeah, like they must, so, they, she must get power from their souls. So that's yeah. a reason why she's like, she's an outlet for her to kill for her to get mm. souls. Yeah. It makes sense. But now my biggest question is with the doll. So we, so we have this very fetishy BDSM yeah. doll that shows okay. up that he, that Baba Yaga gives to her as a gift. And the doll seems to come <laughs> to life as a real woman in, in leather, all all decked out. And, and in photos, the doll shows up as uh, someone wearing like, yeah. a, like prim and proper like Victorian gear or whatever, you know? Yeah, and so my question <sighs> is, is Baba Yaga's end goal to basically make Val one of these dolls? Because it seems like this doll is a slave, basically, to Baba Yaga, but it's I, something I, she cares I about. I read it as a golem. I read it as the golden yeah. myth. Yeah, basically, okay. she, like, she, well, for me, it's she's the eyes and ears of Baba Yaga on the outskirts. But at the same time, she's her servant. So she wants to bring her, you know, impart life to her to use her for whatever she was. She could be her only familiar, though. That could be her familiar in, in real life. Like, that's her familiar. Like, the spirit that's, that, you know what I mean? So It's interesting because she's also surrounded by animals, but she does send the doll out to do her work, yeah, right? That, that's right. her. And yeah, connecting it to the golem, I wasn't thinking about that, but yeah, you're probably right, Daniel, because at one point... I mean, we're uh, connected directly to the golem myth in one of the dream sequences. Right. So, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, Val and, and uh, Arno go to a theater and, and actually watch the original silent golem. golem. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that like you you can create another golem. Golems are easy. She mm. was very she was very broken up about about her dying. She yeah, was very she was very distraught. Like she just well, that, lost see, her that's, old that's, love. Yeah, that that's why I was thinking like maybe she's her end goal is to turn Val into a golem of some sort, like somehow or tur- turn her into a real woman. Yeah, could be too. You know what I mean? Like that um, kind of thing. Yeah, it, that, that's sort of what I like about this film. It is the ambiguity here on, on those sort of things. And mm. I mean, also when you think about it, uh, when you bring the golem myth into it, it does sort of connect to the actual Baba Yaga stuff in, in the sense that it's the same, it's the same sort of uh, region where the same sort of folklore came from. No, it's, so, yeah. The same Slavic stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're they're definitely kind of playing with some ideas in terms of the imagery here, in terms of you know trying to find kind of modern there, twist. There, modern there is no definite on... connection, but it's open to to our interpretation. Yeah. Actually, and and actually, that makes me kind of think. As much as I do want to see the final cut of this film, I actually do really like it the way it is, where it is like that open ended, and because I'm I'm actually kind of worried that maybe the uh, the other twenty minutes actually gives too much away. I like the actual true ghost story ending where the cat is sitting in front of all the, the pieces and it's like, no, all this was real. Mm-hmm. And you guys just got fooled by mysticism. Mofos. Mm. But yeah, Baba Yaga ends up getting, uh, well, a uh, Val, <laughs> she has to defend George Eastman, who is uh, impotent when it comes to fighting Baba Yaga. 
She has yeah. to stand up and fight Baba Yaga and push her into her uh, bottomless pit that's in her living room, which is kind of cool. Uh, I love how I love how the, the the police show up and one of them immediately jumps down there. Yeah. No, <laughs> like no, oh, don't do it. And it's like oh, it's just a basement, whatever. It's just a basement. There's an old doll head down here, though. I like the <laughs> fact that he said there's lots of dust because that just automatically tells me that Baba Yaga, once defeated, is turned into a big pile of fucking nothing. Yeah, you know and like, I mean? like, and then the doll's heads down there too. Very cool. It's all perception and mysticism and reality and stuff. And then when she breaks that fucking other barrier, then it goes back to reality. Mm. Then shit happens. Uh, I, I will say, like, even though Val is kind of thinly written, at the same time, she's very assertive. Like, early on, uh, George Eastman's like, so let's go up to your apartment and have sex. And she's like, fuck you. I'll fuck you when I feel like it. If I decide to fuck you. Like, I, I like the fact, though, she goes, I'm not going to make love to you now, right now. I was like, okay, so you will do it later, but you're not doing it now. It's and very and, odd. And here's the thing, like that place. Uh, but and here's the thing too, George Eastman, he's fairly respect respectful. No, yeah, over, no. Right? The, and it's, is... it's Bobby Yaga who's the fucking sexual predator. Uh, no, I like yeah. I like the fact that that like the only real man in the whole fucking film is Bobby Yaga. She's like, you bitch, you do what I say now, and she's like, whoa. What well, the yeah, it, there is that. Like, <laughs> there is that. Uh, there is she's that the only of... one that's telling people what to do. <laughs> There, there is a yeah there is that sort of um throughout most of the film there's kind of that hint of dom and yeah. ser- servant kind of relationship between the two Absolutely. oh yes they, they, there's a hint oh. is, there's a slight yeah. hint just a smidgen oh. yes just, uh, just a smidgen of when she takes the, the uh she takes the uh the the clasp to the stocking yeah and then wants to return it is like Oh, I'm I'm not wearing them. So, oh, what a pity! What a pity. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! No, this is a this is a this is a sexy as fuck film. It really yeah. is. Like I I was watching this, and I was going, "This is a fucking sexy film." Like this <laughs> is this is like right up there with for me uh, with like Vampiro's Lesbos and she killed oh, the yeah. ecstasy. Like yeah, that no, that kind of level of this is super sexy. I don't know. It just it just seems like the for me the sex sexism. I will say outweighs the rest of the film. That's the, that's the thing. Like there, there is a little bit of a balance issue here. Like the, the horror element of it is very much in the background. Like it's very yeah. much. Yeah. That's, that's my problem with the film like, as a whole. It's just, it doesn't just, you know, well, like, it's so good though. I like it though. <laughs> Don't get me and, wrong now. Yeah. And, and all the deaths are bloodless too. Like if, if this film, yeah. if, if this film went total Euro sleaze, you you would expect maybe some like gore effects, like some really violent kills when, at some point. When, when the first model got hit with the problem, did you take like two or three minutes to figure out what the fuck happened, or is it just me? Because she got shot, but she wasn't shot. It was the shot happened, but it was the camera that actually got her. I'm like, yeah, it was like a ghost what? ghost bullet or something like, like that. Almost, what the yeah. fuck happened? Like it took me out two. I'm like, oh wait, no, oh over oh, the camera. Oh fuck. Okay, just, never mind. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm a little incredulous. Val, she shoots a photo and she immediately looks at her camera like, "What the fuck?" And she yeah, keeps yeah. using the camera. So, yeah, yeah, so either exactly. it's yeah. so either it's Baba Yaga kind of influencing her to keep using the camera, or she's not catching on too quick. Yeah, that's, that's well, the thing. I feel that's like why she I, seems kind of dumb. I feel like with with these kinds of films and this kind of just general idea, and it's not like, yeah, but also. If you ran into this in your real life, I mean, you wouldn't immediately jump to, 
oh my camera is killing people. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. That's, that's we know we're watching. Here's here's the thing. We know if we're I watching thought, a movie that's like I got supernatural my things. Might be killing people. I'm gonna make sure I take pictures of everyone I hate all fucking day long and find the <laughs> fuck out. Oh, uh, th- it is true though. Like uh, later on in the film, where she sort of br- she finally brings George Eastman in on it. Like I think my camera's cursed and it's killing people. And, and and here's actual some actual proof that some weird shit's going on. They're both sitting there in her living room, like trying to think this through, like trying to rationalize, mm-hmm. like, oh shit, fuck. You. Well, no cameras are taken in the dark. Then then he's like, so what? What's that model's phone number? Because we got to call her, find out find out about her. And then they call up. Oh, she died like two hours ago or something like that. You yeah. know, like yeah. So yeah, yeah. So the, the movie does address that, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to some degree, anyway. But um, again, it's like, kind of hard to say, like what might have been on the uh, cutting room floor there. You know mm-hmm. what, what? Right. You well, know, how much true. context if, we're if, missing? If you, know? you guys say like twenty minutes was gone, what twenty minutes were there? Really? Yeah. But you know, I, I, I like all this stuff. I, I like George Eastman's big, gaudy white leather something jacket that he's wearing, seventy style, like it. Arnold. It's kind of like uh, uh, Fabio Testi from Revolver. That kind oh, of... yeah, no. I was I was getting serious uh, Fabio Testi vibes. Well, I know Dude. what the cartoon Hey Arnold got it from because that's all I heard. This whole thing was, hey, Arnold, hey, Arnold. I'm like, okay, <laughs> here he is. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling if you wear a coat like that in that heavy of a rainstorm, you're not moving anywhere because that coat's immediately going to be like 300 pounds. <laughs> George Eastman's got this glorious coat that you know any dirt on it's going to show up right away and and what's he doing in one scene he's, he's jumping down into like this fucking sewer outlet or whatever <coughs> look trying to catch rats so he can take pictures of them and yeah. shit it's like <laughs> i like uh, actually right in the beginning is one of the most normal things he goes hey can you give me a ride yeah it's a sports car as long as you don't mind sitting on his lap i'll give you a ride i was like oh that's probably like the most realistic, actual, natural line in the whole fucking film. Hey, After that, everything gets stupid. <laughs> hey, you know what? And th- there's there's truth to that. I, I can remember uh, back in the day, you know, running with friends, going to parties and stuff like that. Oh, we want to bring some uh, extra people along. Well, uh, Miss So-and-So, if you don't mind sitting on Lee's fucking lap, then there's, yeah, there's room in the car. Yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. So. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Got my first girlfriend that way. Yeah, yeah, well, that's how they first, do things in Canada. I, I had mm. my first Tachyunko that way. But you know what? <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> he had soft hands. Definitely going to watch it. Actually, I think I'm going to buy it. Really? I, I like oh, it that much. Oh, yeah. shit. So, that is some serious shit. There was a one bit in the, uh, in the at least the Amazon uh, version that I watched, which I, th- I do think there were a few minutes missing from mine that were in yours. But <laughs> there is one bit where the uh, like Italian dub where I think the actress switch, it's uh, when uh, he's on the phone and he's uh, calling about the the model and, you know, where, like, oh, she died two hours ago. And I think they just had, like, a slightly different dub for that phone <laughs> call because suddenly they go from doing, like, kind of normal, like, kind of American accents to suddenly they sound like they're they're, like, doing, like, straight-up cowboy talk, you know? they're practically on like and we were wondering if we could find our little lady partner it was it was a very like (laughs) like i thought he was doing a bit like to the person on the phone at first like i thought it was like a character thing and then i realized oh no there's just 
there's just like a few seconds spliced in here from that, some other that has audio to be, cut or something. Yeah, that has to be because I don't remember that at all. From I, don't, I certainly I don't remember a little old lady partner at all. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating it slightly, but there was a very there was a very distinct like this feels like a very different uh, edit. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, partner, we're gonna run the Apache out of that canyon. <laughs> We're going to go down to that cavern and we're going to make things happen, right? Yeah. One other little comment here. Apparently people, I don't know if they have pubs in Milan or whatever, whatever fucking place George Eastman was at in the phone. They're fucking pricks. Yeah. No, where am I at? Milan, asshole. (laughs) But they tell him where to go. They tell him exactly how to get there, though. That's giant, ugly man that was apparently a woman was like, it's fucking five, 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 five. Like, holy fuck. Look at you. (laughs) Holy shit. Well, if you're drinking in Milan at two in the afternoon, you'd be uh, yeah, you know, exactly. You'd be yeah, I mean, like, you know, honestly, it, well. make, it actually makes me want to go there and drink at two, <clears throat> 2 p.m. Well, that's that's the Milan. thing I like about Europe. It's just like they're drinking all day. That yeah. I mean, that's that's my lifestyle. That's I like it. God. Yeah, I mean, I I've been day drinking all day today ever since. Yeah. Like I, I I took like two hours to stack some wood, and after that, it was just day well, drinking. I was gonna all day. say basically, Nova Scotia is Milan. Yeah, same thing. <sighs> yeah. Same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. Lots yeah. of the fucking, lots of fucking Italians around here. Like fucking man. Yeah. No, it's it's nothing like Milan in Nova Scotia. <laughs> you know, you know, it's nothing like Milan in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Lee cannot pronounce any actor's name from any of these movies to save his fucking life. This was heavily cut in UK cinemas to edit the full frontal nudity, and yeah, that, that's some of the stuff. The that's some of the like the really bad footage that's put back in the version Paul and I watched. Apparently, the 2009 Shameless DVD is the fully uncut and features. Uh, well, it's really not re- that bad. Re-edited. What we watched, it really, it wasn't that bad. No, uh, and it's got the pre-credits graveyard scene and all that shit in it. Let's see anything else here? We need. No, that's all I had for trivia. Um, <coughs> no box office or anything like that. Apparently, it didn't do too well because the, the people responsible for for distributing it only put it in like a couple of theaters or something when it was first released. So it wow. it, it didn't get the widespread uh, sort of release that oh, some other films would get. No budget for it. Uh, I, I will say, like, it does kind of look. You know, typical of Euro horror stuff around that time. Like it looks really good. Like I don't see any cheap bullshit anywhere. It in, has so. that kind of Euro Gothic vibe. I don't see anything wrong with it. It, it looks. It looks like the modern the sort of, metro. Sort of looks like the high end Franco stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, yeah. and 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 there's no obvious cheapness. Like even with some of Franco stuff, she killed in ecstasy and Vampiro's <laughs> Lesbos. You can kind of say you can kind of see oh they're using like two sets you know kind of thing but even then it still looks really good mm-hmm. you get that sort of same effect here except for it's like oh yeah they had way more sets and way more money kind of thing so yeah I mean we spend a lot of time in her apartment and then we spend quite some time in Bobby Aga's house but mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's like trapped in those locations either no and they, we also do, have, they uh, do quite a bit of time they do what the, the Italians do they use a lot of natural sets. Like yeah. natural, like causeways and and creekways and stuff to do that whole thing. They don't do. They don't spend too much time with that, and uh, everything kind of flows naturally. Yeah, and DVD release for this 2003 Blue Underground DVD and 2012 Blue Underground Blu-ray. 
And Blue Underground's kind of like floated this film in different releases. Like it's in a couple like their triple packs and stuff like that too. So it's it's very easy to find at this point. Uh, and, and like Daniel was saying, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to see the uh, cut down Woo-hoo! version. And yeah, uh, you have no oh, excuse. Not only only an hour and twenty one minutes long, so uh, slightly shorter. And uh, yeah, uh, the 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 one on YouTube is like an hour twenty. Five or something like that, and that's the version I think Paul and I watched as well. So, or slightly longer. Yeah, the one the one on YouTube doesn't have the opening <laughs> graveyard sequence that Paul and I watched. So, so it cuts that in a little bit of the nudity, but otherwise, mm. and you, honestly, you're not missing too much. Though like, a lot of the random um, ecclesiastic graveyard scenes get mixed with a lot of flashbacks during the whole film. That's why mm-hmm. you might be get, you might get confused on that side. That's true. There there are there are callbacks to that scene in her dream sequences here and there. So, mm. but uh, yeah, not sure what we're doing next time. Um. Something sleazy and disgusting, like Mary well, Poppins. <laughs> well, there, there's a Mary Poppins sequel too, isn't there? There's Mary Poppins Part Two or something now that Disney yeah, made. Yeah, bl- bl- bloodletting. Returns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too sure. Do we want to keep with some Italian stuff, or do we want to go into sex comedies? Let's take a vote. You- you do what you do, boo boo. <laughs> well, then uh, we're gonna keep with fucking um, Italian stuff, and we're gonna keep with George Eastman too. I won't be here next Friday, but here I'll be here next next Friday. So okay, so uh, next time we're gonna be doing the new Barbarians from 1982. Sweet. You know what you should do for next time? Next next Friday. What? You should just do fucking Full Chase Conquest because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, we could probably fit that one. Nobody talks about that film, and it's fucking insane. That's that's one that's been on my back burner to do eventually anyway. So, yeah, we could I, do that. I, I have a special edition box set. Cool. I've got the Blue Underground something or other for that, right, I believe. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, no one ever talks about that film, and this is fucking insane. Yeah, this one we should do. So, Paul, where can people find you? Talk about you your can podcast. find me uh, on Maniacs Meet Podcast on PA Brew News, Twitter, the whole deal. But PA Brew News is my main stay on on Twitter, YouTube, on Paul's paintings on Facebook, paintings by PA uh, P Romali on Facebook, paintings by P Romali on Instagram, the whole deal. Blah blah blah. We're trying to get the whole mob cam streaming back up online so you guys can check it out. Check us out on Mixer, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube when we stream live with the Maniacs Me podcast. Also doing some live painting shit later in the future. But uh, de- definitely check that out. Check a couple of you guys out. Stuff like that. Hey, it's me. Bye. Daniel, where can people find you? You find me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. I do a podcast called I Don't Speak German. It's about terrible people and the terrible, terrible things they say. Awesome. And you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find our Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. It's the best way to find out what's going on. Find out how you can donate all kinds of money to our non-existent Patreon and uh, get all kinds of bonus content that we actually don't do. But maybe we do in some, like, Baba Yaga-induced dream where Nazis will shoot you and uh, predatory lesbians will try to fix your garter belts for you. Yeah. Like Joe Biden. <laughs> Predatory <laughs> lesbians like Joe Biden. Feels <laughs> like Joe Biden? Yes. <laughs> I'm on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it's, yeah, there's there's your political oh, content for you as well. I don't know who that is. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, thank you, Daniel and Paul, and thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you again. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye
You have been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.